licorice, crazy track Girls that used to turn they back Causing me to yank they arm and pose like I would do them all Now I'm saying thank you cause they tell me My shit's the bomb, explosive For my niggas drinking cognac, smoking weed Always fat, more than one firearm Chrome rims riding on, chronic in your system Let me know, my shit's the bomb, explosive West Coast shit, nigga. Overdosage, Imperial pistols, ferocious. Fuck a bitch. Don't tease, bitch. Strip tease, bitch. Eat a bowl of these, bitch. Gobble a dick. Host forgot to eat a dick and shut the fuck up. Gargle and swallow a nut up. Shut up and get my cash. Backhanded, pimp slap backwards and left stranded. Just pop your collar. Pimp convention hoes for a dollar. Six deuce in a plush. Six deuce and bottle. Pimping hoes from Texas to Guatemala. Bitch niggas pay for hoes. Just to lay with hoes. Relax one night. And pay to stay with hoes Captain save them all day bitch. Well say this dick Bitch nigga You more of a bitch than a bitch You ain't in the hitting pussy Or hitting the switch You in the hitting bitches off of the grip You punk bitch All my real dogs still kicking with me All my down hoes still kicking with me All the true gangsters know What they love They ain't never love no more What else? All the hood rats still shaking for me All my true fans still checking for me All the real smokers know They ain't passing nothing but dope and D Real trees What else? Chronically What they did? No seed When I met ya last night, baby You know what, fuck that, fuck that. Man, I'm never cutting it off now. Y'all just gonna have to deal. Now that I'm sober, you ain't that fine. Ooh, don't wanna treat you wrong. Don't wanna lead you on. You ain't wanna lead her on. Here, baby, hit the bomb. While the West Coast rolls along. While we still making gangsta hits. You'll be still talking gangsta dicks. Damn girl, you think you're slick Somebody better get this bitch I got these freaky hoes clapping in here Hey man First of all, that's a perfect song, nigga Perfect Nobody was sleep Wait in the studio That did not make our perfect song list? I don't even know how we missed Explosive, dog. We gotta do that part too Hey that shit is fucking great, nigga. There's not one minute of that song that goes by. Certified pro. Yo, had to pimp, man. Yo, uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 328 of This Week in Culture. I'm your host, and Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad, and a.k.a. One Half of the Culture, and I got my brother with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, One Half of the Culture, One Half of Everything, and I know what you're thinking. Finally, my favorite podcast is spending time with me. What's poppin'? And this week, we are back, motherfuckers. Um, here to review episode three of season six of The Shy. Uh, the episode was called House Party. Hit it right on the nose. Uh, this shit not strong, nigga. <laughs> nigga ain't pouring enough juice in the boost, nigga. Uh, yo, man, uh, before we get into the episode, I want to thank all the listeners, all the supporters, everybody rocking with us week to week, everybody tuning in, um, all the Patreon subscribers. Shout out Salute to y'all. Salute to y'all. Y'all got a Patreon good couple videos. Back to back. Back to back in y'all, man. Pause. Uh, 
just to make sure y'all get everything that y'all are paying for, man, the type of content that you deserve. Um, but for those who ain't paying for the Patreon, man, just know you're missing some good conversations. And uh, a lot of them cultural convos that y'all want to hear, they happening over there, too. So make sure, find the tier that works best for you and tap in with the gods. But, um, yo, man, The Shy, episode three. Uh, they back. Hit us with some other shit. Um, yo, man. How'd you feel about the episode before we even dive into it? We got some voice notes and all that jazz. I didn't know that the episode was called House Party. Yeah. Until about 45 minutes into the episode. Okay. And the only, only, only reason I pressed pause to see, because I'm like, what the fuck is this episode about? Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I'm like, so I was waiting for something. But then it, then when I, when, I, when I saw it was called House Party and I watched yeah. it again, I'm like, a lot of it shit fit. did happen. It fit. Yeah. And decided that it's House Party. So, so um, they did in this episode what I really appreciate when ensemble shows do. They brought everybody together. Um, they did it in probably the only way that they could without everybody fucking going to do some unrealistic shit like vote for Victor or eat at Smokey's. Um, two things that I, I want them to get away from. I know the Victor part they're not getting away from. Um, but everybody in Chicago don't eat at Smokey's, bro. Like, come on, dog. It's other restaurants. They taking a girl there, they little sister there. After they get out off a murder charge, they go in there after court. They work in there. They go in there when they fucking uh money down. Like, How small is this neighborhood? I thought Chicago was a big ass city, bro. I'm like, nigga, you putting uh Smokies in New York and you ain't got one on the west side near Emmett Newhouse? Make it make sense, nigga. It was dark as shit when uh Rashad and and D Ray pulled up, nigga. Like, bro, what happened? Why D Ray on this show, yeah, fam, fam? If y'all wanted to get somebody else from Chicago other than Jason Mitchell um, and, you know, the other cast members who may or may not be from Chicago, um, I'm with that. I support that. D-Ray is great. He's been putting on for Chicago his whole career. Give him a better role than this. Why is he on here talking about fucking having multiple chicks and all that? Which I know that's D-Ray. His real life. I know that's his real life, but I'm just like, damn, dog, like. I want him to be a part of this in the way that he was with Snowfall, right? Where it was like, yo, you didn't have, like, a pivotal role, but your character played a pivotal part in some shit that happened on this show. And right now, I, I just feel like they're making too too light of what his character does. But um, shout out to D-Ray uh, and shout out to Jason Mitchell, uh, two of the resident Chicago folks on this show. Man. And uh, Tracy from there. And- Jake um, from there. Emmett Baby Mama. Oh, yeah. Tiffany from there. It's, again, oh, Darnell from there. Where Iman Shepard from? From there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they, they definitely have Chicago representation happening on the show, for sure, man. But uh, I, I feel like they could have found something better for a D-Ray to do. Um, and then Vic Mensa, clearly. Uh, but that said, um, the episode... I thought because they brought everybody together in one scene, this episode felt better than the last two did for me. Um, it, it was still not without flaws because it's the shy. It's going to be some flaws in it, um, and it's going to be some shit that we got to critique and some shit we got to discuss. But I do think this was a markedly better episode than the previous two. Um, I want to talk about it, man. Uh, the episode started out with Emmett packing up the last of he and Keisha's things at, oh, she's also from Chicago. Um, but he was packing up the last of him and Keisha's stuff from their crib 
They're moving into the new spot. And as he's like kind of packing up and patching up the walls, Tiffany came in there. Did you, was it me? Yep. Did you get that energy from yep. them? Not just in this scene, by the way. Yep. Later, I got that energy. And I also got that energy from Keisha and Nuck. I don't like it. I, I know, I know, I know that it was a big deal that Nuck apologized to her. I get that. But that wasn't I accept your apology energy that I was getting off her, dog. Why can't you have your conversation with Emin about him actually apologizing? Fam, when I ask you, what was you and Nuck over there talking about? None. Why you can't tell me what y'all was talking about? How you finally apologized for not picking me up that day. Fam, the day that literally changed my life. So this got me to thinking, right? Because I was like, yo, if Keisha is giving Nuck that energy, I don't know if they're going to go that direction or not. I have no clue what Lena has in store with fucking 16 episode seasons. But I'm I'm turning this show off. No, no, no. This is what it got me to thinking, bro. You don't want him to be involved with Duda. <clears throat> and he not must- only is Nuck Duda's number two. Let's start there. But let's rewind back to that night that Nuck didn't pick you up when you was going to his house. Fam, he was literally sex trafficking women out of that crib. And it wasn't hidden. They was right there fucking on the second floor and in the living room on the first floor. So if Emmett can't get... Now, granted, we're going to talk about Emmett, too, because he being green than a motherfucker right now. But if you mad at Emmett and you have... Because, like, through three episodes, Keisha's had a problem with Emmett at every turn. It's become irritating. Because this not this never been who our personality is. She's been. never been this fucking mad. Bro. And this time, Emmett wasn't doing nothing wrong. Fam. Yo, he said, yo, I'll talk to Tiffany about EJ cursing at Lil Ronnie. Cause I want to talk about I don't have a problem with it, but the fact that you do, because he asked her, why don't you talk to her? She was like, Hey nigga, we just getting back semi cool. Or how about I don't want to fuck that up. How about that's not your place? She also said that though. Keisha like, said it. No, I mean, it's not your place to ask me about it. Mm. I'm a father. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Our son, or I mean, our, our kid. Wait a minute, we don't got a kid. No, we're raising each other's children. Yeah. It's like, they don't so, have a child together. Yeah. Like, you, don't, you don't get to dictate. I mean, you can dictate what's said in, uh, I want to say your house, but nigga, I mean. No, nah, she on a fucking mortgage. Um, but Which is, here's the thing: I wasn't even mad at her saying, "Yo, nigga, I don't like him, yo, son, cussing at my son." I ain't a fan of that. Um, that's but reasonable. when he said, "Hey," it's also the quickest purchase of a home I've ever seen in my entire life. Nigga, did anybody sign anything? Uh, and why is the fucking realtor nigga there? And why did Jada think that he would be there in a suit? I'm not used to realtors wearing. Uh, what you got on I'm used to them being in suits And jackets And fam I'm at a house party It's a housewarming I wouldn't be here in a fit bro I'm not trying to sell Another house To anybody here I'm here to I eat actually might. <laughs> I'm here to eat though Um, Why they got Jada being weird Well She's somebody else Whose purpose is slowly Fucking like Waning on this show I'm thinking bro. like What angle y'all trying to go to But she trying to I, I get she was trying to Hook Tracy up But it was two problems That I had with that One Tracy was the only person On the cast Not at the party she literally wasn't there. She don't know them names. <laughs> so, also, Kevin was at the party. Kevin was there. Kevin, last time you see Nucky put a gun in your face. How you feel about that, son? Man, man. Because, Keisha, while you you getting apologies and shit, I need an apology, motherfucker. 
You pulled a gun on me when I was fucking 12, my nigga, looking for my kidnapped sister who you didn't pick up that night. Like, help me understand. Who you could have been like, nigga, I ain't get her. She wasn't here last. She never made it. I never had to pull a strap. Also, you could have just closed the door on me. I'm fucking 12, nigga. I was harmless. Never had to pull a strap on me, dog. So legitimately now that you did, 12. 7th grade. Fam. Like, legitimately probably 12. I was the least of your concerns in that moment. You did not have to threaten to kill me, bro, to get me off the porch. I, I It was mad other ways. Um, We're going to dive into all that shit, man. I want to play a couple of these voice notes because niggas was just on this episode, like, wilding, and I didn't really understand, man. Um, We're going to play... One from the homie Shay, because she said, hey, faves, I went to the Constitution real quick on y'all this week, <laughs> and she finna talk some shit about these aldermans out this motherfucker. Shay, what we up, my baby? never seen Shay. <laughs> <laughs> I listened back to that shit was cracking up. Hey, my guys. I hope all is well uh, with y'all and with the whole Twig family. Uh, it's been a while since I checked in, but um, just wanted to um, address the stray that I caught last week <laughs> in regards to this shot. But um, before that, just want to um, thank y'all for all the content y'all been um, reviewing. That's not quote-unquote culture, but it's still been good. Um, some things that I never thought I'd even watch, like um, Silo. Um, I did finish that, <clears throat> and I did listen to uh, the pods on Patreon. Sign up if you have not. Oh. Hijack, that was also good. Um, looking forward to more things on the Patreon because, um, you know, you guys get into good detail on there. So thanks for holding us down there during this drought. And um, in regards to the shy, um I don't want it to be <laughs> a bashing session this whole season because we know Lita go Lita. But <laughs> I'm partially biased because y'all know where my heart lives and lies. So um, I am, you know, enjoying this season for what it is so far. Only three episodes in. Uh, of course, you know, like I said, Lena going Lena, but I'm still rocking with it. Um, I did like this episode. I did like seeing, um, you know, Keisha and Emmett settle in. Uh, but is it Rocky? I don't know. Because the way Nuck was looking at her uh-huh. and then the way that Emmett was rocking with Tiffany, it was like some chemistry that Emmett and Keisha don't seem to have right now So I don't know if it's trouble in paradise For them or what uh, Shout out to Donnell for being a real dad um, Don't let that earpiece fool you He he still <laughs> will get busy About his son And um, I, I like that um, I am Just gonna catch y'all up real quick On this aldermanic thing <laughs> That we have here in Chicago So it's like they split Chicago into 50 different wards based off the communities. And then each ward votes in a alderman um, every four years when the mayor gets elected. So uh, we just had the new mayor uh, with a terrible mohawk come in this year. And um, so we elected aldermen. Um, some aldermen stay as long as they can. Some are voted in and out. Um, they're supposed to, you know, look out for the well-being of each individual community that they serve. And they can make upwards of, you know, um, $150,000 a year or so. Uh, Victor should be, you know, back 
uh, making some cash soon because he always seemed to be kind of broke. So if he an alderman, he should be making that dough. And, and, and in turn, he's part of the city council, which makes up all the aldermen and the uh, mayor. And they're supposed to, you know, create laws, help with businesses in your area, licensing, all that good stuff. But um, there is a lot of corruption here in Chicago, um, a lot of favoritism, bribery, um, you know, all that good old gangster shit that's been going on since the Al Capone days. So I would like to see if, you know, they take that storyline with Trigg and, you know, um, if he abuses his power or, you know, if he's going to do what he's supposed to do as an alderman. So. Um, that's just a little recap for y'all, but uh, just happy to be checking in. Um, I miss talking to y'all, um, and y'all know I love y'all, but don't be bashing the shy <laughs> hey. if you could help it. I know it's hard not to, but oh, hey. uh, I'll talk to y'all soon. And uh, peace to Rob Silva and the whole Twix family. All right, y'all. Peace, family. Um, a wonderful fucking voicemail, by the way. Um, all right, I'm gonna address a couple things. What's really dope about that? Mm. Which I don't know. I don't necessarily know that's a bad idea. So basically, the city council is the aldermans. Like if yeah. it was here, yeah, yeah. Every one of our city council members would have an area, yeah, and y'all handle that area, yeah. And then y'all come together. And advise the mayor, like, yo, this was really going. On. I don't. I think that's a cool idea. I don't hate it. I definitely don't hate it. Um, and it's a lot of them because the city is big. So. Shay, you uh, you you asked us very politely and very kindly not to bash the shy, or not too much, right? Not too much on Chicago. Um, this week. My, I thought she was talking about the show. Well, no, that's no. I'm taking it as not too much on Chicago because I'm gonna beat the shit out the show. Um, no, no, no. This week though, uh, with regard to the show, I feel like the things that I have to say aren't things that piss me off about the show. It's things that like piss me off about what happened on the episode. Like I'm 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 tuned in this week. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. So uh, the the bashing isn't. All gonna be you know it's literally about the show yeah it's it's about what happened and how i feel about some of the direction that the characters on the show are going um or some of the things that they did this episode so i think that this will be a lot less harsh on the shy and more about like yo this is the reaction that you want to get yeah about you know these characters and these uh these events um you also uh, you mentioned um, Trig and, and the potential for some political upheaval and for him to turn a corner, uh, a negative one, and, and start getting involved in bribery and that sort of thing. Guess the fuck what? I would love if they go that direction. Why? Because my interest in Trig's character has dropped significantly bro like since he like first came on like we we never really knew exactly what his purpose was going to be um i feel like this is the second week in a row maybe the third where we haven't seen him and uh jake interact at all i'm like does jake still live there why you asking old girl to move in with you and shit jake been on this he been on screen all the two minutes yeah Tops. he he got uh kind of He had that weird scene with Kevin last week um, where it was a lot of passive aggressiveness from both of them, but mainly from Kevin. Yeah, yeah no, nah, nigga, you, you think I'm the shit. Say sorry. Tell me, like, Kevin was talking to that nigga kind of crazy. I think that was the writer's attempt at friendly banter. 
it, I don't think it, it pulled I don't, off. I don't know if it came off the way yeah. that they intended. I think, I think that's um, what it was. Like, oh, look at them ragging on each other. Because it, it really felt like Kevin was sunning that nigga. And I, I, I didn't love that because I'm like, this was your man's. You know what I'm saying? But but historically, it, between them, it was the other way around. Yeah, Jake used to sun the fuck out of Kevin. Um, But Jake also used to keep it a buck with Kevin. Like, I, I remember watching some of the earlier episodes, like season two, when, uh, when Jake had his candy hustle. And Kevin was like, yo, I want to get down on that. And that nigga Jake was like, nah, man, that ain't true. You you do your school thing, bro. Like, that's your route, nigga. For me, I need to get this paper um, and do my damn thing. <laughs> the fuck? Um, but that said, Jake ain't really been on screen much at all. And so far, he hasn't interacted a lot with his brother, who, nigga, when Reggie was on here, no, nah, Jake wasn't going an episode and a half without interacting with his brother because... Like him or not, Reggie was on his ass, bro. Um, get them grades up, cause I ain't trying to have them people come over here knocking our fucking door down, nigga. So, get your ass in school, my nigga. Um, and then, uh, with Trig, back to Trig, his character in general, bro. I'm like, they got him being so drastically opposite of who he was introduced as, right? That I feel like if some shady political shit went down it's and him. he went that way, that's who I'm looking for, bro. It's gonna be him. I think how the, the way they gonna mask it is like um they gonna like you gonna do this or we gonna mess up somebody you love. Yeah. Not mess up like we gonna yeah. hurt him, but like we'll make this tough for yeah. this person here. He's gonna be like like the exchange that they had. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. Yeah. I was like, I'm the man in the government spot. Like, nigga, I was the mayor just a couple months ago. <laughs> like, and I'm like, what I mean? You talking like you can have me offed. Like, nigga. nigga. Trick, you not like that, bro. Not not from your government seat. But if you want to get back in your gangster seat, please do. Because I need you to remember who the fuck you, you were. Um, Speaking of uh, Trig, since when did his girl get so fucking broke? Why she a brokey? She was talking mad poor this episode. Oh, you know, I'll be uh, when I'm out thrifting, I'll be buying lamps and um, you'll you'll never get uh, the same lamp that I got because I'll be getting them bitches from the uh, garage sale. Like, I thought that conversation was so it was I, awkward as fuck. Well, we don't know nothing about her. All we knew was that she was a what seemed to be successful journalist when Trig first started his campaign. Right. And then it seemed like. I don't know. They just kind of threw that curveball. She, she was like, she ain't wrote nothing. She, bro, she was like, I ain't never thought I could afford art. I'm like, damn. She was like, yeah, no, nah, give me that. I I draw my shit myself. I don't I don't do that. And Keisha like, oh yeah, girl. Like you know, next time you go thrifting, I'm looking for furniture. I'd love to go with you, girl. I would love that. Cause I need somebody who got some money. Cause I'll be honest I'm with you, poor dog. shit. I need Keisha to be a little bit more appreciative of of um Emmett. Of Emmett because man. like, like look what you just came from, man, man. Like within a year, right? And when I say look what you came from, like Emmett was there for you. He yeah. was your friend. I wasn't even trying to be like sexual with you anymore. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Like when you went through that tragedy, like I was there for you. Our relationship ended up being one, uh, like an actual relationship. It was always deeper than rap with them. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. like you as a friend, and yeah. like it, it, it formed out of love for sure. Like I stopped messing with hoes. I stopped messing with. Yeah. Like, I, I did every all these things for you. Now I'm in a in a different space in my life, and um, it seemed like you mad at me all the time. Like I literally took in. 
I mean, I got more children than you, but like, hey, but I don't have my kids all week long. Like, I get them on the weekends and shit. Like, I just bought you a house. Yeah, like, at your request. I was comfortable where we were, but you mentioned I don't like when people do this. When something comes up in a heated discussion or argument, that you could have been told me right because it was in that convo when she said. Oh, you bought uh, her a car. Well, buy me a house. That's where that started, right? So then when they talked about it again, he was like, yo, we don't need no house. Can we just redecorate? And she was like, nah, man, Tiffany used to live here. Oh, these are things that you ain't say that when you've you, been had a problem with. You moved in. Mm, I'm feeling cramped. I'm feeling like he like, yo, but my kids is only over. All of us only here on the weekends. Monday through Friday, your son's the only one who here like, every he, day. Keisha, you just got a job. Come on, man. You was working at a thrift store. Just come on, man. You ain't see old girl? Like, up there getting lamps? Matter of fact, which is wild. Somebody telling somebody about a thrift store who used to work in a thrift store is wild. And Keisha not saying, girl, you know I used to work in a thrift store is even wilder, nigga. <laughs> you Deontay wilder. Like. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. <laughs> to this uh, day. Who got more thrift lamps than you? To this uh, day. To this day, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, why you so? Ma- everything he does is wrong. You yeah. acting like Tiff. Yeah. Mm, talk like, about it. If everything I do is wrong. I don't want to be around you, fam. Fam. Like, I bought you a house and fully furnished it. So, and and this is a convo we're gonna we're gonna have later in the episode. When I wanted to stay in this apartment, Emmett's greenness is coming out. It's certain shit where I'm just like Emmett, dog. At the end of the day, no matter whether you was in the streets or not, you're still a young black boy from the south side of Chicago. Um, it's certain shit that you know better than, or that you know to maybe have your your third eye open about, right? Um, but there's also certain things that Emmett is doing or accepting. Because of the pressure from his woman, his partner, his partner is literally seeing him do certain things. So saying, "Okay, well, if you're going to do that, then I want this. And she's almost saying it like it's punishment to him. But what she don't realize is doing it's making him further this relationship with her indebted. Yeah. Into into this this nigga that you don't want me taking shit from. But if I say, yo, I bought my baby mama car, and yes, I probably should have taught you about that just because we are we in a relationship, we live together. Debatable. Hey, I'm with it. I'm with it. Had that combo. But if I say that to you, your response shouldn't be, okay, well, you did this for her, so do something bigger for me. We don't got no baby together. Fam. I didn't do that because that's just my homie and I want her to have a car. No, yeah. I need it. I, I don't want, want her not walking around with my son or calling me to come pick them up when it's freezing cold. Even though I still don't understand why Iman Shumpert couldn't get her a car or pick them up when it was freezing cold. Nigga, she sells weed for you. I, there's no reason y'all shouldn't ever be together. Everybody on this show, with the exception of Emmett, got significantly broker. Man, in one episode. Shit. Iman Shumpert from a fucking... Nigga, you're Lynn Winfield's son. You are a billionaire. <laughs> Take some of your mama money, nigga. Um, but... Thin line between broken rich... <laughs> Yeah, man. It's the thin line between the have and have nots. The thin line between the niggas' beard. Man. Boy, I hate the ass beards. Hey, that said, you just brought up something that I had not considered. Um, Keisha's being like old Tiffany. This is very old Tiffany of her. Like, what All did her I, what beard. did I do to you, fam? She's been angry since the first scene of episode one of this season. And I, I get like the like y'all want to take relationships in a different dynamic, yeah. whatever. But like, 
Man, you can't go from everything has been perfect and rosy and that, that we mad. Like, what yeah. happened? I didn't cheat. Like, what happened? I know we fuck with Jaquavius, and I know we fucked with that movie, and I know we boosted it. Shout out to us. Um, shout out to Jaquavius. But everything can't be both. <laughs> you can't just be mad at me for doing right. But then also be mad at me for getting involved with the wrong people. But then also take advantage of me getting involved with the wrong person by asking me to ask him to be wronger and help me more, nigga. Like, it don't work like that, bro. I also want to know how you going half on the rent here. This house. Oh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This house is expensive as fuck. Yeah. I thought teachers was broke. Hey. Though I know a bunch of teachers who don't seem don't no, who don't look. Be- I told y'all two things, yo, and I stand on this. All my nurse friends, I've never seen y'all save a life. Um, all my teacher friends, I've never seen people spend more money than y'all. My nigga, my two of my aunts retired from DPS. Yeah, one lives on twenty three mile in Rubio Place. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> like, Talk about it. I've never seen broke teachers. Yeah, I don't. All the brokest teachers uh, must not know me. And y'all only work nine months. Come on, man. Unless you get paid extra for working in some, like, I don't know. Or a like bunch you, the of, principal, and y'all back early. I don't know a bunch of broke. I, I don't know where this this narrative came. Hey, and I want because clearly because of the narrative, hey, there are some very underpaid I, teachers out there and I educators. Think, I think it's disrespectful to teachers to say y'all brokies. The reason that the test scores are low is because teachers aren't paid enough. Yeah. As if I could teach y'all better than what I'm doing. But see, they didn't give me enough money, so I don't really care about y'all like that. Nah, test no, scores low because my pockets is. Nigga. Teachers is out there teaching their ass off because that's what I do. Yeah. To, to, to allude to the fact that, well, if you pay them more, they'll do a better job at it. It's trying to basically telling me I'm not doing a good job as a teacher. And I think that's kind of disrespectful. It's kind of patronizing to y'all niggas just out here front. And. Y'all got cheese, bro. Like, come on, man. That house expensive as fit, and now you just gonna go half on it, bro. Um, not only is she going half on it, stunned on the homegirl. She say, "How much the rent?" Oh no, we split a mortgage. Well, goddamn, uh, Carl Lewis. Why the bitch was asking so many fucking questions? No, no, no. no. And who no, is no, no, no. this person? So that was her homegirl from seasons past, which I can appreciate. I want to say, I don't know if it's the same actress, but I do believe that was the same character's name. Um, when Keisha first got kidnapped and then they was like trying to figure out at school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's the home. And they had a beef then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was kind of like, oh, she thinks she the shit because she fucking with Nuck type shit. Um, but that said, she was too much in the fucking business, dog. Now, they brought up some good conversations um, about friendship, right? So like... Keisha homegirl Malaysia was there. Emmett invited his homeboy Lamar. Both of them seemed like they on some stuck in high school type shit, right? So Keisha asked Emmett, how was your talk with Lamar? He was like, yo, it was kind of weird. She was like, yeah, me and Malaysia don't, we don't really have anything in common anymore. She just kept asking how much we paid for the house. Emmett was like, niggas be nosy. Keisha said, I feel bad, but I see why we don't talk. We just don't care about the same things, you know? And then Emmett was like, and all my guys still seem like what they was when we was in high school. It's like we can't relate to each other no more. Keisha was like, who knew moving up in the world, we had to leave people behind. Yo, man, do it and don't fucking feel bad about it. I say that as a nigga who's been through it. My friends now, my actual friends, my people who I fuck with, who I call my brothers, my sisters, my family, they my people now for a reason, dog. They ain't just come around. 
These ain't motherfuckers who, oh, I just met now that I'm, you know, a little bit more up than I used to be. Like, no, these are people who've been down with me since I was in the trenches. But the like-mindedness, that matters, dog. When you fucking with niggas who don't want to grow, who don't want to elevate, who don't want to move forward in their life, who want to just stay back here doing the same old shit y'all used to do, when you fucking with niggas who only focused on what y'all was doing 20 years ago, in this case, y'all ain't that far removed out of high school, bro. This is only a handful of years ago. But you're coming up in the world, and they aren't. And they don't want to talk about it. Or they do, but they don't want to fucking, like in Malaysia case, I'm asking you a bunch of questions because I don't even believe you got all this for real. Like, it's kind of jealous. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how they get down in Chicago. Um, but, like, for me and my well-being, once I buy a nice house... Um, in a particularly good neighborhood, mm-hmm. I'm not inviting every nigga I know to the crib. Absolutely not. To know where I live, like I'm just not doing it. And again, we from the west side of Detroit, dog. It's certain situations. It's only about ten niggas who've been to my house. I've been living there three years. Almost. Literally, literally. That nigga uh, tire had to get flat for me to drop him <laughs> off that time, nigga. <laughs> been pile with this nigga five years. <laughs> Hey, yo, but the, no, the video only Patreon episode coming from the crib, man. We gonna record yo, shit at the crib. No, what's that, nigga? Pandemic. We was all in the old crib. You know what I'm saying? Doing what we had to do. But um, I feel it. Like growing up, I used to be the kid. Now, granted, a lot of the time it was from me not wanting people to see how I lived. Um, because mm. when I was young, I was really my family was really uh, underfunded. <laughs> um, we ain't have a lot of cheese, and then. Later in life, after my pop's accident, um, you know, it was shit that, like, my pops couldn't walk up the stairs when he first came home from his car accident. So, like, we had to set up the living room as they bedroom, bathroom, everything right mm-hmm. there. So, you mm-hmm. come right through the front door. It smelled like piss shit. It was like a porta potty walking through the front door for years. Mm. So, I ain't want people coming over there because, yeah, dude, I'm 14, 15. Nigga, you ain't judging me, bro. But more importantly, I don't want to have to beat your ass because you judge me. So, what I'm going to do Man. is avoid it all. Like, um, I had the opposite experience. Uh-huh. The same experience, but for opposite reasons. I got you. Uh, my parents didn't let nobody in the house. Mm. That's just not how they, that's not. That ain't how they roll, yeah. That's not how they roll. Yeah. The only people that ever came to our house was, like, family. Yeah. And, like, like my next door neighbor sometimes could come in. Yeah. You know, Marcel come over and uh, play, whatever. Yep. But, like, most of the time, it was like, no, we, we don't hang out in the front. You know what I'm saying? The dude across the street was with my brother friend, but my friend too. Like every once in a while, he can come over, or whatever. Yeah. But like that's it. Yeah. Like it got to the point where like back in the day, my house was the house that everybody went at too because we had a basketball court. So the house okay. next door to us burned down. Okay. So we bought half the lot. We tried mm. to buy the whole lot, but the niggas on the other side of the sh- the house. Suddenly, you got to ask them too. So suddenly, oh, they want to have to lie. Got you. So we had my dad made a, a basketball court, put some concrete out there. So all the hoop tournaments and shit was at my crib. At the crib, yeah. But y'all couldn't come in. Mm-mm. So we ain't going that. I had my bedroom was in the back of the house. Like, I had my TV towards the television, to, the television towards the window, yeah. and a remote control out the window. And niggas, we get the game in. Yeah, your ass is standing outside. No, look through the window, bro. I had that much respect for my parents not to let niggas come in from because that ain't what we do. Plus, I still don't trust y'all niggas too because that ain't what we do. Y'all stay outside. Now, when I got like, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade, you know, in the morning time, I let. 
my homie that come to one or two of my homies who we walk to school together come in for a minute. You know yeah. what I'm saying? While we yeah. getting some shit ready or some shit like that. But like that was it. You just didn't come in the house. Right, right. So no one told me to be like ultra protective of where you live at, but it was just kind of baked it's in. It's kind of by nature. Yeah. So you saying that, true story, but it's funny when I say it now as an adult, right? Um, so one of my uncles, this is my mother's only brother. She had six siblings. Only one brother of those six siblings. Until one of my aunts died, his sister... And everybody from out of town, because when everybody from out of town would come to Detroit, they would go stay at this aunt's house, right? But when she passes, we had some people over there, but we were still trying to, you know, figure out what we was going to do with our house, et cetera. She didn't have children. So it fell on my grandmother who doesn't live here. So we was trying to handle business. So out of town family was coming to my mom's and my uncle who lived in Detroit, he was the second one of my mom's siblings to live in Detroit before we even lived here. Up until my aunt died in 1990, I want to say that was five or six, my uncle did not know where the fuck my parents lived <laughs> at all. My mom never let him come over the house, ever. And she was like, yeah, I just don't be having people at the house like that. Like, that ain't what I do. And he found out because he followed one of my other aunts over there because <laughs> he was like, Oh, they going to Kim house and I don't know where the fuck Kim lived. This is my baby sister. I got to go over there. So he, he found his way over there for the first and only time um, because my parents, to your point, it was baked in. Everybody don't come over the crib, dog. That just ain't how we rock. I move like that to this day. Not everybody done been to my crib. I got a great location. I'm dead in the middle of downtown, bro. You know what I tell niggas when they downtown? Hit me up. I'll walk down. Hit me up. I'll walk. Down. I don't say pull up to my crib in pregame. Because I don't, yeah. And my crib hella secure. You need a fob to move all through that bitch. Nigga, it ain't a stairwell. Not one door opens without the fob. You ain't just walking up through that bitch. But still, hit me up. Let me know when you downtown. I'm going to pull up on you, dog. I'm not letting you pull up on me. I don't do all that. So, for Emmett and Keisha, them inviting their older friends who they haven't kicked it with as much. No, y'all invite them, like, out to eat. Y'all go hang with them at a at a Bears game or some shit. Don't invite them to your housewarming because this is an intimate event, bro. This ain't when you rekindle a relationship that you're not sure is still fucking strong right now, dog. And then y'all found out real quick, you got a jealous person with the Malaysia chick, and then you got an immature person with the homie Lamar. This nigga talking about, hey, nigga, I'm going to barely work. I'm going to get some hoes. My girlfriends don't know about each other. That's the type of shit I'm on. Image, you don't need that kind of influence in your life right now because you grew, you grew beyond that, bro. You elevated past that. We've seen that version of Emmett already. We don't need you to go backward, bro. But it tripped me out that for some reason, him and Keisha, even though they had that little scene at the end where they kind of related, it almost seemed like Lena wants them going backwards this season. Because they had that moment where they kind of related, right? And then Emmett realized, oh, shit, let me look for the gun. Woo, woo, woo. And then the gun wasn't in there. And then it was like, oh, shit, now you panicking. Now Keisha back in worry mode, bro. So this scene was so unrealistic. So let me ask you a question. Your heart of hearts, true, honest to God answer. Bet it up. You and Shorty in, in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. She jumps up wild, crazy, starts crazy. looking inside of the, oh, 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 and then get back and be like, what's wrong, baby? Oh, nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> like, what? and then no, you no, just no. go back to sleep. Immediately, I'm going to need you to tell me for real, Shorty. Real no, life. I, is, you, is you this tripping off the rose? You think... <laughs> 
Is this about the rose? Cause why is you what you in the drawer about? What the fuck was in the drawer? Is this the rose? <laughs> like you think is she let you chill? Hell no. Bro, any one any black there is woman. Not a black woman or man on this earth who could be laying in bed with their spouse, their significant other, who they live with, and that person looks in a drawer and has a visceral reaction immediately about whatever the fuck they saw or didn't see in that drawer. There's nobody black on the planet who would be like, yo, nigga, no, for real. What the fuck just had you tripping out like that? Because Emmett went crazy. He, dog, he had eight seconds of crazy. That boy fell out the bed, ran out the room. I he, thought they was about to have a conversation about guns in the house with children. Damn. Because guess like, what would have been now, mature? Because now I got to have a conversation with you. Nigga, I literally, in a real life situation, but, there's no way to avoid that combo. But I'm like, yo, Emmett is wrong in this situation. Oh, 100%. But then I was like, you was wrong for not talking about Nuck. Oh, 100. Here's the thing. So bro. now y'all didn't cancel each other's stupid because that you should have said something at that particular time. Exactly. Now y'all cancel each other's stupid shit out. Exactly. Both of y'all had very good reason to have the conversation that the other person asked about. Because with Nuck, here's the thing, right? Keisha, you went through a real life traumatic situation. You were kidnapped and raped by an old, creepy, nasty ass nigga. And you murdered him or saw him murdered. I don't remember. Did she kill him or Ronnie? I remember Ronnie she, came and wrestled, but she beat him to death, she right? She beat him with that metal hey, shit. You, you killed this man who kidnapped, tortured, raped you. And beat the fuck out of Ronnie. And beat the <laughs> fuck out of Ronnie in your face. This is traumatic on a different scale, right? Still kind of tripping to me that uh, they didn't really focus a little bit more on her going to therapy. I remember them having like family therapy and shit, but like, no, I would have actually, Lena, this is one of the tropes I wouldn't have been mad at you for showing. Think about this. What's the nigga name, uh, the pizza nigga? Otis. Duda. Duda. Duda knows everything about Emmett. Yeah. He, He knows everything about Emmett. When he was sitting down with, um, with uh, Shumpert, yeah, Rob, yeah, yeah, he was like, um, oh yeah, you were his baby mama, right? Yeah, no, you no, you hitting, <laughs> like, you we, fucking Emmett's baby mama, right? We live together, like nigga, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> so you probably also know that Nuck was you with, still, yeah, you know what I'm saying? With Emmett's current, you know how young, immature, not. With the shits Emmett is Yeah And that's why you trying to Use him and mold him Into whoever you yeah, want him to be Cause you like, know you can Influence him Yeah like you probably think You think that nigga A whole ass nigga Yeah I'm mad at you Cause you keep Over talking or not Like nigga I said boss up Yeah It's, the, it's the, wild Because With the trauma That Keisha went through Um And knowing How Indirectly but directly related It was to Nut um, Everybody's so connected Everybody's connected like a motherfucker When I'm your, your current boyfriend Who just bought this house with you We're raising our children together um, And I see you talking to him Who I didn't make a scene about him being in our house You know what I'm saying I don't care It's your ex-boyfriend Whatever dog He worked for the nigga I work for 
it is what it is, part of the game. But when I see y'all in this corner looking to have an intimate conversation, I'll and I you. ask you what the fuck y'all was talking about, and it was about that, tell me, dog. Like, my nigga, I only had one house party with my significant other, and there was other niggas involved, and that shit almost went crazy. Mm. Like, her friends almost got into it with my crew. Yeah. The folks that I hang out with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everything had to be shut down. Yeah. Like, I wish the fuck I would walk into a, a my home. Right. Also, that was some, that was, just to, to kind of backtrack. Okay. That was some compromised shit. Because you know I don't even like niggas in my crib like that. Talk about it. So for me to have a party and have everybody there and shit, her friends and the whole nine yards. Yeah, shit, we already know, so. doing some shit I didn't want to do. Yeah, and I don't yeah. even like the nigga. Yeah. But that's one of your, that's one of your friends before me. Yeah. Whatever. But. I never had that conversation with nobody else, but apparently they didn't like the nigga either. Oh shit. <laughs> but like I wish well, I would one more nigga from a jump. I wish I would be walking to back to our bedroom. Yeah. And see you hugged up. Well not hugged up, but see you having oh, a, a tucked conversation. in a corner with a nigga. What? Having a soft, intimate looking convo. And here's the thing. This is a a big Thug, gangster, tattooed ass nigga that tried to kill your twelve year old brother two years ago. So him sitting in a corner having a soft combo. Like, what's up with y'all? What's up? What's up? What's up with this? Yeah, what's going on over here? What y'all up to? And what y'all talking about? You niggas say, "Oh, nothing." Somebody get punched, and I, I can't. Come on. Be, and I can't beat Nuck. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Nuck, if you buck, nigga. <laughs> um, here's the thing, dude. Just gave me a gun. <laughs> So whichever one of you niggas want to get the strap pulled on them, please let me know. Please let me know. I got it for whichever one of y'all want it. But I'm not going to walk by, see y'all back here having this intimate soft combo with this nigga who doesn't have intimate soft combo. And I believe Nuck. I truly believe he was sorry about that. I don't believe but guess, I don't believe that this version of Nuck is the same version of Nuck. No, no, no. How you go from dirty t-shirt, dirty white t-shirt and jeans to turtlenecks and suits. He dressed like ghosts. What the fuck? He dressed like ghosts. Like, what the fuck? But I'm also like, is this the the shit that Duda was trying to get Reggie molded into back then? You remember he would try to get Reggie some game and Reggie would stay on some street shit. Nuck didn't seem like he would be any more receptive than Reggie was back in the day. But hey, I guess if you buy a nigga a suit and they ain't never had a suit, they're going to be hype, man. Um, let's get to this other voice note from Rob Silver, man. We having a good convo. I want to see what my dog thought about this week's episode. Rob Silver, third member of the pod, the God. Y'all know what it is, man. Let's see what he thought about episode three. What's up, fellas? Real quick before I talk about, and it's only going to be a brief moment I talk about the shot. I got a couple of more important things to uh, discuss. First and foremost, rest in peace. To the legendary yes. Ron Cephas Jones. Yes. Every role he did, fellas, and you guys can concur. He bodied. He bodied everything, whether it was Luke Cage. Yes. Whether it was, and Jay will agree with this because he's a huge fan of the show, This Is Us. Numerous, numerous movies and television appearances paid in full. Man. He was fucking phenomenal. And history was made by him and his daughter. Because a couple of years ago, they were the first father-daughter duo to win to win Emmy Awards on the same award show. His beautiful daughter, Jasmine. So, uh, my condolences to Jasmine, the rest of the 
Ron Cephas Jones family, he gave us a lot of great memories and his memory will never die. Fact. Great and beautiful man. Um, you guys were talking about Anthony Mackie and whether or not he's a great actor. You know what? Depends on the role. Anthony Mackie can act. I mean, he was phenomenal in The Banker, a movie that I talk about also that Ron Cephas Jones was in, that Ryan Gosling got an Oscar nomination in, uh, Half Nelson. Anthony Mackie was phenomenal in that movie. Anthony Mackie, there was a movie he did years ago with Kerry Washington. And I'm not talking about uh, She Hate Me. It was after She Hate Me, several years ago, where Anthony Mackie plays a former Black Panther. The movie's based in the 70s. And uh, the brother, Jamie Hector, plays his former best friend and leader of a Black Panther's uh, faction in... New York City, I believe it was Brooklyn or Philadelphia. Man, I'm sorry, early signs of dementia. He was tremendous in that. And by the way, how Anthony Mackie got his start, people don't notice. People rip on his Tupac in the in the Biggie movie and Notorious, and yet he was horrible. But it's crazy. <laughs> he was born and raised in New Orleans, but he got his first major start in a 2001 off-Broadway play where he played Tupac, and that's where Spike first saw him, and the first two major movies Anthony Mackie did were both Spike Lee productions. She Hate Me and Sucker Free City, and he was great in both movies. If you guys haven't seen Sucker Free City, it's probably the most... Uh, unknown, least watched Spike Lee movie. And it's not available anywhere. You have to legally stream it on, on your uh, Fire Stick. I would highly recommend you guys. You guys probably seen it. It came out in 2004. Loved the movie. Sucker Free City, which was also Amari Hardwick's first um, major role as well. The Shy... <sighs> I liked I liked the, the Wobble Wobble dance. I thought that was sweet. <laughs> but... um. The Shy has become a playground for actors that cannot act. Vic Mensa is mm. the worst actor since uh, Young Miami. He's fucking horrible. <laughs> Get him off the fucking show. Um, you know how people, fellas, always say, you're, you're the black this. Like, I remember when I first started hearing the show, people were saying, oh, Aunt and Jay, they're the black Cisco and Ebert. Well, fuck that. You're the original Aunt and Jay. Talk about well, it. The Italian Ant and Jay, when it comes to reviewing podcasts, um, I don't know if you guys ever heard his great podcast. They reviewed every episode of The Sopranos, and that's, of course, two of the stars of The Sopranos, Steve Sharippa and Michael Imperioli. Mm. Well, they, they, they had um, damn near everybody who was still alive on their show besides reviewing the show that acted on The Sopranos. And every one of them, Lorraine Bracco, uh, Little Steven from um, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen's East Street Band. Every one of them, and Michael Imperial and Steven Sharippa themselves too, said that they, they weren't given roles. Little Steven was brought in to play uh, Tony Soprano, but he still had to audition, and James Gandolfini murdered it. And so... They had him audition for Silvio Dante, and that's how you got Silvio Dante, the consigliere of the Soprano family. But you had to audition. Everybody on there, they talked. Even Alec Baldwin was on, the, uh, was on an episode, and he said he had an audition, and he didn't get it. And this is Alec Baldwin, mid-2000, one of the biggest actors in Hollywood. Damn. Why I'm mentioning this is because... On the shy, I doubt if Vic Mensa or uh, 
what that mother, the Johnny Gill motherfucking Trig, or any of these guys <laughs> auditioned for their roles. They were probably favors given to them by Lena. Probably the kids definitely auditioned, but none of these other guys. And I think that's what separates a show from The Sopranos, mm. legendary show, and that fucking train wreck that is The Shy. Until next time, big uh, fellas, peace and blessings. Peace, Peace my brother. Um, Rob made good points, man. He he made some excellent points. Uh, rest in peace to uh, Ron Cephas Jones. If you got the Patreon, you know we uh, we had a, a big shout out for the homie um, on yesterday's episode. But uh, definitely rest about, in peace uh, again. I think all that's a, a is a major difference in between the two shows, the quality of shows. Yeah, having to like audition for your role. Yeah. Um, so kind of going back to the only thing that I um, that could possibly be different is um, during the time that the Sopranos came on, and a lot of those shows came on. The thing that would get you attention and eyes was great acting, right? Mm-hmm. And great critical acclaim and things of that nature. The the era that we live in now, yep. The thing that will get you eyes and attention is name power and social media and things of that nature so i wonder what would happen even though we're talking about hbo here right right a different caliber i take that back because even hbo lives in that in that area now and they still have real good actors and no no bullshit ass shows so i'm about to say they grew up in a different time but hbo still on that same shit so I can't even but, say that. Um, you know, kind of going back to the convo we were having at the top of the pod around uh, D-Ray's character, right? D-Ray didn't audition for this role. But more important than that, I don't even know that this character or this role existed. It was probably a situation like, I want to bring D-Ray on the show. I don't know how. I don't know where he fits. I just want to bring, because I'm thinking about all the people, because Lena, Chicago native, right? I'm thinking about all the people who are here or from here. Who I just want to see be a part of my shit. Same role that Common had in the early seasons, right? Difference between Snowfall and this show, the auditions. You're supposed to be unk. You had to roll. Yeah. But I mean, Joseph murdered the shit. And no, my nigga, you got to do something else. Come on, man. Come on. You got to give you a lesser role. And here's the thing, though, right? In that, yo, I found a role for you. It came later. It was not nearly as significant as Unk, but Though I found thought. something for you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I found something for you to do, and I had something for you to do. His role in in, and I'm talking about D Ray. His role in the shy feels like I didn't really have an idea for you. I just know I wanted you on the show, so I'm so plugging you in. You took a cameo and made him a trying to make him a, a character. Yeah, because this should have been one episode where we saw Emmett go on his Instagram. See that little video from D-Ray. And then that really could have been it, bro. Get caught as a fraud. That's it. Right, and cool. we, I never expected to see D-Ray again. I'm going to keep it a buck. The fact that he popped up in this episode and now could potentially end up being like a real like friend to Rashad. Crazy. That's crazy because this character don't have nothing to do with nothing. Rashad um, also don't want to work at Smokey's. Yo, Rashad said he too good for Smokey's. Nigga, you just got a fucking prison. So what was wild about that? When Darnell said, you know, we can get you a job at Smokey's. My son owns it. I can get you in there, bro. Quick, easy. He was like, 
no. I ain't trying to work in no Smokies. And I'm like, wait. So you'd rather no check than a check? Because right now you're not making any money, you might bro. be the manager in this motherfucker. Nigga. Papa damn near a man. Papa the manager on shift. You could be something, bro. Damn. But you got to work. And what you just told me, you being lazy, dog. Um, Speaking of jobs, how old were you when you worked your first job, bro? Uh, 14. Okay. I was... I've had a job ever since. I was about to turn 12. My very first job was sweeping hair at the barbershop, but I was getting paid. I worked in that bitch six days a week. Um, I was getting paid cash because it was illegal as fuck. But six days a week, I got cash and I got free haircuts. That was my very first job. To your point, I've never not had a job since. Um, I've always worked. Didn't matter if it was some blue-collar hard shit, some office shit, anything in between. I always had a fucking job. I will always figure out a way to provide for myself and whoever I'm with, whoever my family needs me, etc. All right. Um, That's it. When I was that age, when I was 15, when I was 17, when I was 19, maybe when I was 20, maybe even up through college when I was 21, at no point did I ever scoff or even discuss the idea of working 40 hours a week like this nigga Bakari. Bakari said, you think I want to work 40 hours? Bro, you don't go to school, no? School is just out. That's done. Who giving you a full-time job, my nigga? Nigga, why do you think you would be at Smokey's 40 hours a week? <laughs> bro, I got a whole staff. Because You this, part-time, bro. Because this generation has succumbed to the brainwashing of a particular ideology in this country. Man. That college is evil. Mm. Um, student loans are evil. Mm. Though it allows you to go to college without putting up some money first and allow and afford you to live the lifestyle that you live as an adult. Yeah. Um, but it's evil. It's a scam. Um, and working a job, participating in society, and making the world economy move around is is underneath you. Yeah. And it's the worst thing that happened to us. No one wants to work themselves. Everyone wants to be a boss, but nobody want to work. Mm. Mm. Nigga, the, I was looking at the UAW for the Chrysler strike and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Nigga said... We want to get paid for 40 hours. We only want to work 32. Make that make sense. We also want a 43% raise in the next two years. Make that make sense. And we also, <laughs> and we also are temporary employees. We want, we want them to get a, uh, we want to raise. Oh, we want to remove wage tiers. Mm. So what? Your first day you maxed out? Yeah. Like you think that's a good idea? Mm -mm. And we also want our, the contract workers to get profit sharing as well. Do y'all want to stay in business? Like you want everybody to give you more, more, more to do less, less, less. How does the world function if nobody wants to help the world function? Bro, I, um, I've had this conversation so many times. It's ridiculous, right? When people go on like fucking rants about working nine to fives and you need to get out here and live your dream and you need to get out here and da, da, da. Yo, what if my dream was to like eat, sleep and be married <laughs> or that? Or what if my dream was like, Yo, I want to retire from Google. Like, I want to work at Google, and I want that to be the job for the rest of What if that was my dream? What if I want to become an executive at Google? What if I want to become an exec at Microsoft, at Amazon, whatever the fuck, right? We, we have adopted a victim mentality. We will make me fill out an application to work for this job. Somehow, I'm the victim now. Mm -hmm. Like, nigga, you came to me. You asked me to work here. Bro, 
the wild part is motherfuckers who, you know, are entrepreneurs who build their own shit, who start their own shit, whatever, whatever, salute to y'all. That takes a lot of fucking time, energy, effort. And luck. Um, you're, and luck, right? Um, you're talking to two entrepreneurs. You're talking to two dudes who still figure out ways to get money outside of going to work 40 hours a week, right? Or more. Or less, because you catch me on a Monday afternoon. I might be at the movies, nigga. I don't know. Whatever. I do me. Um, but the thing about it is when you're a full-time entrepreneur, right, and you go out there and you're making this money and you're doing your thing, um, so many people don't talk about the struggle until they've come up, right? Motherfuckers won't tell you their origin story until they uh, on their Jeff Bezos level, right? Oh, now that I'm the richest nigga in America, now I can tell you how much of a struggle it was. That's why I always saluted Mia for what she's done, right? Always been transparent. Always talked about the shit, how hard shit was, the struggle she went through, working with different vendors, working with different partners, losing money. That Great. I appreciate that. But a lot of y'all aren't okay doing that a lot of y'all don't want the image of oh i struggled so i ain't gonna talk to you through my struggle i'm gonna talk to you when i make it and it's like damn bro like that makes it to a lot of this generation seem like oh shit well i ain't never see you struggle so if i do it i can make it instantly like so bakari you standing in this neighborhood Mm -hmm. what you think all these people in these houses do for a living Mm. you you don't think none of them go to work and work 40 hours Mm. Mm. This is this is it's a slight aside, but I'ma still stay here. I got you. You know, when Kevin Samuels was doing his thing mm-hmm. and he had this whole high value man shit. Yep. And he explained what, what he thought a high what value man was. Yep. He said it was somebody who's makes over six figures, mm-hmm. more than five years, who's at the top of his craft, mm-hmm. who had in his industry, has friends who's also in this industry. Yep. Works 60 to 80 hours a week mm. because we don't count basketball players and entertainers in this. These are mm-hmm. literally the quote unquote high value men mm-hmm. are literally the CEOs of companies and shit like that. 40 hours a week. If you're the nigga that makes all the money, 40 is a vacation. Yeah. I mean, it's been 60, yeah. 70 hours a week making shit, making sure shit goes down. Talking with a friend about. Like people who be acquiring and buying companies. Yeah. Them niggas work all day. Yeah. All week. All year. Mm-hmm. Why when they on vacation with their family, all right, baby, I'm sorry, I gotta go in here. The wife angry. Yeah. It looked like on social media everything is all sweet. Yeah, but in but real like, life, she got pissed at you and went off because you was in the middle of dinner and then you took a call. Yeah. Come on, nigga. Like I'm like, it's not this whole oh, I don't I'm like working 40 hours a week. No, you got to. Bro, when I was at um when I was to at most people. Yeah. When I was at Afrotech last fall, um is November fall? Yeah. Yeah, depending on the side. Whatever. When I was at Afrotech last November. Until the twenty second. I was at uh I was at lunch with um the head of Michael B. Jordan's creative agency. Uh one of the other executives, I'm I'm forgetting his title. He might have been the uh CMO. Um one of the directors from Beats by Dre, and then uh, I'm blanking on which label, but a record label director as well, right? We're all at lunch, right? A, a bunch of black, and then my colleagues, right? So it's a bunch of black people we have in lunch, and the dude who runs Michael B. Jordan's agency, he kept taking phone calls, right? 
the whole lunch. Excuse me, y'all. He'll pop out, take another call, come back five, ten minutes, crack a joke, laugh. He was cool as shit. But when that phone rang, he dipped. So then my phone rang, right? And it was a call I didn't want to take because I'm in the middle of my fucking lunch, too. I'm not at work. I'm on vac. Well, not on vacation. I'm at a conference, but I'm on a work trip, right? So I don't want to take this trip or this call that's not related to my work trip. And then I looked at the other end of the table, and Dog wasn't in his seat again because he took another fucking call. And in that moment, I was like, "Let me take this. Let me take this call. fucking call, dog." Because if you want to be at the top of your fucking game, nigga, duty always calls, my nigga. And when it calls. Here's the thing. Every CEO of every major company in the fucking world, Fortune 500, Fortune 100, Fortune 50, they will all tell you, nigga, work don't stop. I get emails from my CMO, CFO at 2 in the morning, nigga. I bet you Nuck and Bakari work more than 40 hours a week. Now. 100%. Now. 100%. But it's more glamorous because, oh, instead of that T-shirt that say Smokies, you got a suit. Okay, bet. Lil bro, you 17, dog. <laughs> Tops. Tops. You're not supposed to be working 40 hours nowhere. And you were fortunate enough to have a family take you in, dog. A family with two parents and a, a kind of adopted sibling situation. My nigga, you literally can go. Papa don't seem like he's struggling. I'm so frustrated. I was, I was frustrated watching this show or this scene is because the more that we perpetuate this fucking lie, in pop culture and normally and make it normal, people hear it and believe it. Mm -hmm. like she didn't get he didn't get checked that that was incorrect. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't have a dialogue. Like no, that's not right. There's millions of people who work. No, it was just said as fact and they moved yeah. on. Yeah, uh, it's making people not work hard because you think I don't got to work. I don't got to do this. It's giving somebody an easy excuse to get off the treadmill. Well, motherfuckers is looking down on hard work. They looking down on hard work. They're admonishing the thing that got all of us here, bro. Your parents more than likely weren't big time entrepreneurs. More than likely, no matter what they did, whether you was in the fucking high, middle, or lower class, they probably they bust worked. They ass to do it. They busted their motherfucking ass, bro. All that shit we be talking. Yo, nigga, my my grandfather worked at the plant for a million years. He retired from GM. He retired from Chrysler. Guess what that was? A job, my nigga. And guess what he did? He worked that motherfucker. And he got the money and he got the house and he got you and your parents through whatever the fuck y'all needed to go through. And he put you in good schools and did all the things, bro. We scoff at the same shit we hold up for older generations. And it's wild. Like, bro, I work my nine to five. And I actually don't have to work nine to five. I, I'm My job's pretty fucking flexible. But guess what? I worked real hard to get in this flexible ass role, right? I can come in, spend half my day doing what the fuck I want to do, spend the other half doing what I need to do, and if I need to work after hours, be up till 1, 2 in the morning on my computer, guess what? I can do that. And I can do that because, hey, guess what? I worked hard enough to put myself in position to make the money I make, to have the things that I have, and, like, Jabari just scoffing at that shit irritated the fuck out of me, bro. Speaking of, let me check my numbers from work right now. Come on. <laughs> Like, the shit is just wild to me that that boy would sit up there and say, yo, man, you think I want to be uh, working 40 hours a week? Like, fam, papa go to school. Like, this is not your life, bro. This ain't the rest of your life. This is right now. And right now, you need to be on the up and up. Because you walk around here with a murder on you. You got a body, nigga. And for whatever reason, the streets ain't said nothing. Cool. 
Fam, you don't need to be further in these streets. You need stability, cuz. You need an education, cuz. All this money you swear you about to be making with Duda, you don't even know what to do with it, my nigga. You ain't never been nowhere. You ain't never had nothing. You ain't even had no family. Find the stability first, bro. Y'all be wanting to fucking jump dead in the riches, man. That's why so many of them folks, you ever see all them stories about like lottery winners who end up dead or broke yeah. within the first X amount of years? That's why that happens. Because I got all this money and didn't know what to do with it but spend it. Bakari don't come off as a nigga who knows how to do anything but spend anything that he earns, bro. And then, what's her name? She ain't no smart. These is kids, bro. These is kids. I don't even expect her to be smarter than that. Lene, when she, he texts her, yo, come outside. Man, listen, she, listen, listen. Get rid of Lene off this fucking show. This the month. This motherfucker had a stank attitude while she was in the bedroom by herself looking at the stealing. Mm-hmm. Did you see that girl? Mm-hmm. What the Went fuck pajamas is this? On. And she talked. God, I'm not. I thought she delayed, bro. I'm not trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. It's, it's she, really a delay. Like y'all can't clip that portion out and just have her talk immediately. Or? No, no. God damn, it's a half slow. second delay on everything she responds to, bro. I don't know why or how that happens, but that's just how she talks. Um. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Bakari came over in the middle of the night after they had their argument at the house party or whatever. Text her, come outside, come come to the back door. She said no. He said please. She went, right? I think Jenny Onoma for some reason. Because <laughs> I'm like, I literally just asked, like, Nick, what? why the fuck you got so many jobs? Like, do you owe Noma money? But that's hey, we talking about somebody who again, Jenny don't need the ninety million jobs that she has every year. Every time I talk to Jenny, she say I just started a new job. <laughs> like that's every single time. I didn't quit the last one either. <laughs> like what? I'm just adding more work. But a nigga like Bakari gonna scoff? Come on, man! Like this shit just don't make sense. But when Bakari went over to Lene and them crib, it hit me. Nina, you are even a bad adopted mom. Because how the fuck is this boy who worked for Duda in your house in the middle of the night with that girl making out in the kitchen bringing her fucking gummy bears and shit? Man, I seen a, I seen a, I seen a post on Instagram today mm-hmm. to a, fa- a father to his son. I don't know how real it was, but text message. Okay. And it said, son. I know what you're talking about. Don't sneak out the house. Mm-hmm. Take that, walk that woman out the front door, walk her to her car, walk back in the house, don't close the door until she leaves. And then it said, try to stay up till she lets you know she made it home. Yeah, because that's what you're supposed to do. And he was like, man, I thought I thought you'd be mad. Yeah. I'm not going to be mad. That's why that's a part of being a man. Mm-hmm. I, I used to be your age, too. I just got more bitches. Because <laughs> <laughs> bars, nigga. <laughs> yeah. But, but, like, I get it. On you're some to grown s- man shit. Yeah. Um, so... But she the girl, <laughs> so you can't sneak niggas in. <laughs> Nina gonna go downstairs like, listen, you gotta let them niggas in through the front. <laughs> but like the the real shit though, um, because it was that scene earlier in the in the house party where Nina was trying to have what was a, a responsible conversation to try to have with Keisha, right? Like, hey. I just want to make sure that you sure about this decision because y'all living together, y'all not married, y'all raising these kids, y'all not married. Um, valid, valid, I'm not, valid. This is valid convo, dog. Oh, this bitch really got something to say. And look, and I, I get after having been maybe a, a kind of neglectful or maybe just even. And I'll be honest, though. 
just y'all living together is one thing. Mm-hmm. You put your name on a mortgage? Name on a mortgage, raising kids that aren't your. Both of y'all are raising kids that aren't yours. This big steps. These is major steps. This apartment steps. And and <laughs> these not these not these not these, mortgage steps. Uh, the DIA steps. Like, nigga. These not brownstone steps. These apartment steps. But then, like, not only that. This is my daughter, who's only two years max removed from this major traumatic event we was just talking about, right? I care about your well-being, nigga. I'm not worried about Emmett not being able to protect you necessarily. I'm worried that you are moving through life a little bit faster than you need to. Man, that girl, 20 years old. Come on, man. She's not 21 yet. Come on, man. It ain't a motherfucker in this house. She had just finished high school. Come on, man. Again, we max two years removed from so that. So you 18? So that's a... So, max two years, bro. Because you graduated 18, then 19, and then 20. You're 20 years old. I ain't never seen you have a drink. I graduated when I was 17. You fuck around and still be a teenager, nigga. This shit crazy. You fuck around, but because the pa- um Papa 17. Yeah, them niggas 17. That, that was 12 that when this show started, right? It's been five years, right? Um, so the conversation Nina was trying to have with Keisha, I'm not mad at it. But I could understand that if you've had a parent who maybe hasn't been as attentive, I won't say neglectful, I'll say not as attentive, um, you might not receive what they're saying as well, right? Because it feel, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say hypocritical, but it just feel funny coming from you, hearing all these rules and regulations and all this care and concern when that didn't really exist in previous fucking seasons, right? But Nina was saying some real shit, and I do respect what she was trying to get off. What's up with Dre? Who owe you money? And who was your co- yo who, yo what? yo? What was that scene, dog? What was that scene? That was that was a very unnecessary thing that happened in this episode. Don't therapize me. I'm a therapist. Is that a word? Now, Jesse. Hey, <laughs> you know that's not a word. <laughs> but like the the shit with Nina and Drake kind of feels weird too, because I feel like the show is getting away from some of the previously central characters right so when they have moments like this it just feels random like you threw dre in there for a comedic relief moment hey nigga i know you ain't just walk up in this party with the fucking whatever the fuck she said it's not jason weaver it's coop nigga i didn't think it was jason weaver or coop i thought that was b mickey that's funny shit i literally thought that was b mickey (laughs) that's wild though Coop wilding in the streets. Yo, I was at the real B Mickey house uh, about two weeks ago. Oh shit, it's lit. <laughs> yeah, it's lit. But um, no man, I I didn't love because Dre did used to for Nina and for them kids used to be kind of a grounding sort of source, and now it just feel like I don't know, man. Her her character feels like they ain't really go nowhere with it for real, for real. I would like to. It's honestly, a lot of characters that just don't need to be on this show. Less is more. Like less should be more. But the, the thing I worry about, right, is if Nina scaled back, or I'm sorry, not Nina, Lena scaled back, got rid of some of these characters, got rid of some of these arcs, and tried to focus in on a central story, I don't know that she would tell that story. Because it used to be that way when the, the shit first started. But you know what? You know why it was that way? Because there was a central event that happened. Also, do you realize how everybody's connected in here? So, like, Nuck is connected to Jake. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nuck is connected to, uh, to, uh, Duda. to Duda and all that shit. Uh, and Nuck is also connected to um, 
Damn, I'm so horrible with names, dog. Uh, Emmett. Young dog. Keisha. Oh, Kevin. 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 Uh, damn near killed <laughs> Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Ronnie killed Coogie. Coogie. Bakari killed Ronnie. Tracy. Um. Was basic. Jason got killed. Mm-hmm. Like everybody is just so fucking connected to everything. Yeah, but it used to be central around Coogie's murder was the central story. That could, this is everything was interweaved into this one. Coogie murder and Jason murder. Yeah, well, yeah, the the Jason murder, which we saw happen over the course of season one, but the Coogie murder, which we saw episode one, right? And like. Duda is connected to that because mm-hmm. you killed Jason's father. Yeah. And now you fucking and with his. You were. You you killed Jason's father. Now you fucking Jason's mom. Duda is also connected to that. because Not this Jason. You I'll were the leader of 63rd Street when Trice killed Jason. You remember that whole shit? Yeah, like, I forgot about Trice. Yeah, you led the gang and the man who was responsible for killing Jason, who happened to be the former 63rd Street leader's son. But y'all have gotten away from all these interconnectivities, which fucks it up because this was the tissue that made this shit work, bro. All these interweaved stories made this shit sing. Also, now everything shit, feels everything random. connected, but now it's just yeah. This shit. It went from everything is both to everything is everything, nigga. Everything, everywhere, all at once. All at once, bro. Like this shit I, connected. Like all the presidents is related. <laughs> it's a long fucking ride in the world, but it get there. Dog, but it's it's so wild when you think about it, right? Because, like, again, them bringing back the Nuck and Keisha thing, I don't know if I got that energy off them because that's how they were playing it up in that scene. Big fact. Or if I got that energy off them because the last time Nuck and Keisha talked about it, they was going together. But then I thought, that was three seasons ago, my nigga. And y'all have not said one word about these two in three seasons. Nuck been on here all three seasons. And y'all have never brought that story back. It just feels like... I don't know. Y'all are randomly dropping in storylines. Um, I don't need them to keep doing this slow rollout with Kevin and Maisha. Disgusting. I don't need it. Like it's when nasty. when they was having a little stare off during the wobble and all that shit. Eh, mad unnecessary. Yeah, this y'all. is nasty behavior between friends. Yeah, nasty. Yeah. Like, what are y'all doing? I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, let's let's talk about. So there were two key people who weren't at the party, and I say key to. The show, not to the party. Um, Tracy wasn't there. Cool. I'm fine with that. And Papa wasn't there. Papa was at work. I thought when he got off work, he was going to pull up. Never happened. They got a curfew. Papa can't go to that party. Papa could have been there. That nigga's got his curfew 9 o'clock. No, he said he could get out till 11. When she asked him if he wanted to go skating. Um, Papa will dry up some coochie... Quicker than a uh, a fucking... Well, 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 that's that's what she get for being pervy. Yeah, the nigga's still underage. He's still in high school. You're out and of school. Last week you was just on the non pervy train. Like yo, call me when you're 18. When you're 18th birthday, bet. Even though that's called grooming. Um, 100. percent I learned that on Twitter, ma'am. I learned but, that with Tiger. Come ma'am. on, <laughs> about talk about it. But then, all right, cool. So you're grooming a little nigga. Not cool, but cool. Um, then because he had your back with a harsh customer. 
who came in there talking about, hey, where my fucking order at? I never got the text. Why my shit takes so long? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Papa came out there and handled that shit. by the way. No, no, no. Everything Dog said was fair. <laughs> and me and Shorty, uh, we concluded that if this had happened in Detroit, she still would have been a little dumbass bitch. Uh, and Papa would have got his ass whooped. Might have got shot. <laughs> that little mature ass. Because when he was like, he was like, yo. That's not an apology. Bitch, shut up. No, no, no. Before the apology, when he was like, yo. Um, we fucked that up. We put it on the wrong date. Uh, I give you two free sides. We'll rush your order. What what two sides you want? Dog was like, let me get such and such and an apple pie. That's and he not was a like, side. Uh, apple pie is not a side. That's considered a dessert. Is it on the side of my order, motherfucker? Nigga, do you know I will shoot everybody in this bitch? <laughs> I will, I will shoot this bitch up. Air this whole motherfucking place out, dog. It'll be real smoky and smokies. Keep playing if you want to, bro. So once that happened, I was like, your yeah. your fucking braids to the side, you bitch-ass nigga. Come on, dog. <laughs> and then you like, I right, I'll throw in the apple pie if you apologize to my colleague. Fuck you and your colleague, nigga. Matter of fact, now I'm robbing this bitch, nigga. What's the procedure when you got a gun in your head, Papa? Pack now you visit the fox, nigga. nigga. Get the fuck out of here, dog. But that said, um, old girl... She liked Papa after that because, you know, you got to save a girl life to get some action if you Papa. Um, she asked him if he wanted to go roller skate, and that nigga dried the coochie up quick. Uh, he said, yeah, I asked my dad if I can come outside. Yeah, and maybe if uh, my dad and my mom approved, then, you know, but I probably still can't be out later than 11 o'clock. But then he was like, you know what? To hell with them. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. Let's go. She was like, all right, you know what? This is why I don't fuck with young niggas. That's what you should get. God damn it. Because this is what happens with young... Fam, I got homeroom. I have school tomorrow. Like, Why I, your old ass work here? Let's under, talk about that, uh, Bakari. I understand it's only two years different. I get that for sure. Mm-hmm. 17, 19, not that big of a difference. Yeah, because if we was in school and it was uh, 14, 16, it might not look that bad. Nigga, a junior and a freshman. However, in high school, them two years is hitting, dog. Hey, no, 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 no. When one of y'all is out of high school, that shit. That's different. when it hit, bro. Like we different. That's you, the stretch. It's just different. Come on, man. Why you think so many people who was like together all four years of high school or for three years of high school they break up when they go to college? Cause shit get different in life. So if you still in that high school life, and I'm over here in this older life, cause she ain't in school, far as we know. Could be, could be not. I don't know. She working 40 hours <laughs> trying to make ends meet. Yo, word to Bakari, nigga. Bakari would have told her she was a broke bitch. <laughs> you really up in here working with Papa? You 19, I'm sure, bitch. Bakari, I'm sure Papa can get you a job, nigga. Fam, Papa could get Bakari and uh, Rashad a job. They don't want to work. They want shit to come easy, man. Um, Speaking of shit coming easy, dog. Uh, You remember when, when Duda... Early seasons, early seasons. When he first came on and, and Jason, or I'm sorry, um, not Jason Mitchell. Uh, what was Jason Mitchell's character? Brandon. When Brandon and Emmett saw Duda and he came to the food truck and it was like, yo, you know who that is? And like the whole neighborhood like loved this nigga, hey, right? it's the pizza man. It's Otis Perry the pizza man. And everybody knew this was a good guy. This nigga the former mayor of the city and everybody acting like, so now he walks in a party. He don't get love. It's fear. Everybody's afraid of this nigga. Everybody's scared of him. Everybody know he do dirty How shit. How did he get voted in for mayor? If everybody knows he's a killer. 
What am I, fam? I'm still trying to figure out how well, he's back in Chicago. He got to run on the Democratic side of the campaign because black people voting for you no matter what. I'm trying to figure out how he's back they in voted, Chicago when they excommunicated him two years ago. They voted Trig for Alderman, and they voted him for mayor. They will vote for anybody. Dog, I'm just so fucking confused at the the. Visceral response that everybody had when when Duda walked in there, because I'm like, yo, if everybody feels this way about this man, how is he still able to do all this shit in the neighborhood? Like he still, as far as we know, operates his pizza joints. They're apparently doing well. Everybody apparently knows that he fucking sponsored Smokies. Smokies is doing great. The realtor nigga. Is selling them houses left and right. It's just like, damn, like everybody know dude out of fucking devil, but they all dancing with him. Shit is crazy to me, bro. Um, but he walked in the crib, he gave Emmett that gun. Uh he gave Emmett some wild instructions too when he handed it to him. Emmett was like, All right, I'm gonna put this over here with the rest of the gifts. He was like, No, I think you need to open that privately. He was like, Okay, bet I'm gonna open it later. He was like, No, I think you need to open that now. Like, Sir, God what the damn. fuck do I'm what I'm supposed to do with this? Don't give me a gift that requires damn, instructions. Why you so what what? Why, why, why do you got to micromanage every portion of my life? Damn, nigga. It's, we're seeing a lesson in, um, in, uh, what word am I looking for? I'm blanking right now. I'm literally having a brain fart. Uh, lesson in manipulation. That's what we're seeing. He's manipulating the fuck out of Emmett. Everything he's telling him to do, he's leading it with force. He's leading it with fear. But it's like, yo, do what I say do. But if you resist, I'm going to charm you a little bit. If you resist the charming piece, then I'm going to come at you with some scary shit that make you feel like you can't do it. But you're going to do what I say do. Or I'm going to kill you. Or I'm going to kill you. Um, So Emmett, they go up in the room. First of all, don't take do that to your bedroom. Nigga, like, find another room. Y'all have a big house, bro. There's, There's another room to see. go to. There's a meeting in my bedroom. Yeah, I bedroom, bedroom. <laughs> and I think it could have waited. Please <laughs> don't be late. <laughs> uh, so they go up in the bedroom. They close the door. Shit was really back there getting weird. Um, dude, gave this nigga the gun. He opens it. He like, yo, why would you give me this? Protect you. If somebody comes. He was in like, yo, room. you want to? Every man should be able to protect their family, right? Who'll be coming after my family? You never know. Emmett, here's why Emmett's greenness was bothering me this episode more than the previous two. Emmett, you a black man from the south side of Chicago, dog. I know how many niggas get killed in Chicago, and I don't live there. Come on, fam. Like, you may not be comfortable having a gun in your home, and I would I appreciate that. I respect it. I but don't sit up there and say, yo, why, why would I need this? Who would be coming for my fam? Fam, randos. As a black man in this country who has a family to protect, why would you not have a gun? Also, given where you live at, why would you not have a gun? And, yo, at minimum. given who you work for, why would you not have a gun? Given the business that you own that's on the south side that's had shootouts before. Bakari literally killed somebody right behind the building. Y'all have had people bust the window. Y'all have had people run up in there. Yo, bro, you probably just need a gun. When there's a shooting and lost old girl baby. Come on, bro. And here's the thing, right? If you don't want a gun, again, I'm not mad at you, but I'm not finna sit up here and look at you, pretend like you have no clue why he would give you that gun. Now, on the flip side, 
I need to go back and do my research. Is this the same gun that got that body? What body? When dude, I shot dog at Who the knows? cigar bar. Could be. Who knows? Because I feel like the three times Duda's pulled a gun out that Emmett has held, it's been the same gun. Well, the first gun wasn't I mean, wasn't Duda. It was Nuck's It gun. was Nuck telling him. But I, I just feel like it's something up with this gun. And it's getting traceable. And I think it's the same gun. I'm open to being wrong. That's fine. But I feel like something's going to come up. That said, on the flip side, Darnell, you know better. If you don't want me to have this gun that you clearly knew I didn't want in my house, that's okay. Come talk to me as my dad. Don't go sneak and take it knowing that I have a house full of children. Bro, now I'm worried that one of my kids got it. Then you run up on him like, yo, I I, I get to run up on him. I ain't mad at Darnell for that. Like, you was dead. Stay away from my fucking son. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what uh Jason Step Pops was trying to tell him too. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I know this nigga. Everybody warned somebody about Duda. Not Jason, Brandon. Brandon. Everybody warned somebody about Duda. Hey man, grew up with this nigga. I know type shit he on. He ain't type cat you want to get involved with. You don't want to do no business with him. You don't want to owe him. You don't want to do none of that because it's going to come back to haunt you, bro. You're going to owe way more than some money, bro. You're going to be indebted way more than a business venture, dog. Everybody is saying the same thing. But Emmett, again, with that pressure from his mama, with that pressure from shit, even his pops. Well, he also couldn't turn the deal down. When he came to him like, oh, you're going to do this deal. I'm going to knock your ass out, too. He really had no option. Mm-hmm. Like when, that, when, when the gangster in the neighborhood come and says... We we gonna use this place. But you know how that happens when the previous owner of the previous establishment that was there, you run him out, not knowing. Hey, it was a reason Sonny survived as long as it did. Because my brother was the gangster that ran this neighborhood, and he knew not to come fuck with my business. I killed him though. Well, shit, you ain't have to kill him. I took over. Emmett, little hype at Emmett runs toward the idea of success, right? Because he did it when, when him and Lala first created Smokies. He ran toward it. Because Bro, you ain't a, no shit about running no business. He's been a fuck up his whole life. Oh, this legitimate. Let me do this. I used I to sell bet. shoes. I bet. Watch this. Now you owe, nigga. And you're going to pay what you owe, dog. Um, I think that was everything, man. I, I think that was all the points I touched on or wanted to touch on. Um, Again, just to sum up, whatever energy is happening between Emmett and Keisha, I don't like. And if they're trying to lead it toward Emmett messing back with Tiffany. Oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Uh, Rob and his search for who killed my uncle, right? Rob, you got to figure out a better plan than just asking Nuck, hey, man, so what happened with uh, you think my uncle old Duda? And then Nuck say no, and now you back at square one, nigga. You got nothing. Bro, finesse this shit. Do some research. Really talk to niggas, dog. I think when he said no. Well, one, I don't think he owed him my money. No, uh, <laughs> no, dude, I killed him because he's a fucking insane person. Yeah. He's a serial killer. But Nuck and Duda and everybody else is trying to put out that yeah. version of, hey, my uncle owed people money, and that's just what the fuck it is, and that's probably what got him killed. So um, I do think the deeper involved in this that Iman gets, though, or that Rob gets, he's going to fuck around and get himself in some trouble he don't want, dog. So it was Emmett. I thought this was the scene where Emmett was pointing the gun at, and, but he was in the mirror, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, that wasn't the scene. So got you, got you. He's ultimately going to point it at somebody. Interested to see where shit goes, man. This was definitely a better episode. Um, and, and again, I, I just want the show to 
bring these characters together and bring these stories together in a way that makes sense. Um, so keep going in the direction that this episode went, but um, it's still some stuff that I'm like, let's 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 get there, man. Let's cut the fluff and focus in on something, yo. Um, yo, man. That's all we got for y'all this week, man. Uh, this week in culture, hit us up. This week in culture across all the socials. This week in culture pod at gmail.com if you want to send a voice note. Um, until next episode, man. I'm Ant. That's Jay, episode 328. We out.